guys. <laughs> so, Miles, this is what? Podcast number what? This is podcast number three or four, I believe. Three? Yeah. Three? Three. Podcast number three. This is exciting. Uh, so, welcome, Sean Landry. Yay. <laughs> uh, it was interesting just because we were talking a little bit outside beforehand. Uh, that you, you predated me in Chicago. Yeah, I did. Uh, Just by a snooch. Right. But we never, we never really crossed paths in Chicago, really. We never did, because you were over, as I, like, I lovingly call it, I joked with you and said, um, you were over at Sharna's place, and I was aloof. So, my bad. You were aloof? <laughs> I was aloof. You I didn't was... want to have anything to do with the... I, I did not. No, I did not say that. Oh, um, I did not say that. I just I was just doing other things. Um, I was, by the time I met Hans, because uh, Hans, I auditioned for Hans's theater Your husband, company, Hans. Hans Summers, who right. was here taking pictures. Um, I auditioned for him in 86. And that was over at Players Workshop in Chicago. Um, where at that point he was doing uh, Josephine uh, Forsberg's thing. And I auditioned for him. At that point it was me, Jim Copsian, who ended up doing a thing called Ectomorph for a Hot Moment. Um, and I remember that. Yeah, that was those three guys, him, Bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those guys, yeah. Um, sha-sha, sha-sha, sha-sha. <laughs> and um, it, was, it was Cops and me and Hans and this woman named Michelle Vanderworth, and this is very mean to say, but we used to call her Teeth and Tits. Uh, um, she, it could be, it could be 102, minus 102 degrees, and they'd be up, it'd be 102 degrees, and they'd be like, do you ice those things before you leave the house? Why teeth? Because you, you had a mouthful of teeth. We all have a mouthful of teeth. No, she had like teeth, but like massive, like big teeth. So huge like, teeth. Like, like, Beavers, You said scary. teeth and tits, and I was like, well, that's either flattering or really unflattering. It was yes and no at the same time. Right. I, she was she was a very lovely lady. I don't know where she headed off to. Um, but it was them, and we I auditioned for them at Players Workshop, and it was Hans who said no to me. He said, There was some other woman who he wanted in the company, and he was outvoted. So to get back at him, I married him. <laughs> <laughs> So that's so that was predated. That was eighty six. So, so that we were, was your. I mean, what's your, your my, improv my background? In, to be, uh, I know you have a huge theater background. I have a, Yeah, I mean, I I went to uh, Columbia in Chicago in my degrees in theater. Great school. Yeah. Um, it wasn't when I was going there. We used to call it the school where no one ever graduates. <laughs> Everyone basically pull up the credits to try to get to Northwestern. <laughs> It was ridiculous, but it's a great campus now. It's a lovely school. I'm proud to officially <laughs> say now that I went to Columbia College, and um, I went to Columbia, and uh, I the first time I saw improv was at Second City, and at that point, I believe um, Kazarinski was on stage, and George Went, and all those guys. So this was early '80s. Oh yeah. And um, I looked at my I looked at that stage and went, "This is what I want to do." So what I did was I started doing improvisation commedia dell'arte um, with Geese Theater Company. So instead of st Second City, I started working in prisons. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, the people who I replaced, I replaced David Rosowski. 
He was in Geese Company. I replaced Dave. I took his room over because we all live communally on the north side of Chicago. We were hippies, man. We were hippies in the 80s. Right. And uh, Ellen Stone King was still with the company at that point, who was part of Annoyance Theater. And that's how I started learning improvisation through Geese Company. So it was a completely... I was in Chicago learning Keith Johnstone. Oh, Keith's Company. I was at Geese. No, Geese. More than one goose. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with Geese Company. Yeah, Geese Company worked in prisons and penitentiaries across the country. Okay. um, Doing improvisation, Commedia dell'arte. Who who ran that? A guy named John Bergman. All right. Uh, John Bergman. He basically, he looks like something drawn off of Doonesbury's graph, like John (laughs) Lennon drawn off of Doonesbury's graph. And he actually, and to be honest with you, him and Dave could be brothers. They could literally be brothers. Same proboscis, everything. Right. <laughs> and um, so I learned from Berkman, and Berkman is one of the uh, one of the most amazing theater people in the world, along with one of the best drama therapists in the world. So I learned. I was. I had the first book I read on improv was not Chicago based, really. It was Keith Johnstone. I read Impro first. Right. Um, so I learned on my, and I got it for the mask work because we were working in masks. We were doing improv in masks. So it was very theatrical. And I did two years in Geese, met, you know, and my name drops aren't that great. Actually, they're interesting. I mean, I met Charles Manson. Right. That's, that's a pretty big name <laughs> I, drop. Yeah, I met, Ed, <laughs> I met Ed Gein before they, you know, just like, that's... you know, it's like these are the name drops that I had when I was 18. And when I left, I said, I want to work with people or audiences that are not murderers and rapists. Right. <laughs> just call me fucking crazy. I just want to work with people who are just drunk. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that would be a, a fascinating thing to be in front of, a fascinating group of people to be in front of, just because you have to play to their reactions. You play completely to their reactions, and you're breaking fourth wall all the time. Right. Every time, because you have some guy, because it was, it was, the best way, it was very Bartolt Brecht. So we had like, you know, we had information for inmates of, you know, when they get out, what the fuck they need to do, all the rest, and we're doing this all improvisationally with all this information in it. Um, so, you know, guys would break wall and it was like, you know, I'd be playing some wife and I'm improvising. I'm 18. Right. And I got my balls and my swearing pretty fast. I mean, I still swear and fart to this day. Like I'm still in geese. Except now I can't help it because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, it accidentally happens instead of on purpose. So, um, yeah, right. So, um, there, there was that breaking the wall of some guy, some you know crazy fucking asshole scream, you know, you know you don't mean anything, you're nothing but a woman. I go fuck you, you're in jail. How do you know about this? And I roll off all this goddamn information like you don't know shit because you're in here. Yeah, yeah you. I'm getting you. yelled at by a woman. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting yelled at by a big black woman. <laughs> uh, I ran through one of the last. I used to come back after I left Geese and I met Hans. You know, John called me up and go, hey, can you come out and do a gig? I'm like, yeah, no problem. Why not? I'll play with the inmates. <laughs> I'll play with the criminals. And I, there was this one kid who was talking some shit. He was on a riser. And it was their new company. I took off my mask. I took it off. I threw it off. And I bolted, ran towards this guy. Whoa. These are murderers. 
<laughs> These are killers, rapists. Right. They parted like the red fucking sea. <laughs> and I ran up that riser to this little squat ass kid. The kid jumped off backwards off the fucking riser and started running to the bathroom. <laughs> the guards are going fucking nuts because they're like, oh my God. It's like they didn't know who to tackle, me or them. So <laughs> there like his mama and I said no nigga come back come bring your ass back bring it bring it back here and he's like I'm sorry really sorry and she's like me 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 I'm like how much does it cost to pay for diapers how much does it cost to do this how much does it cost for rent nigga you don't know anything about my life or even your fucking life you don't know what it's like on the outside hooray woohoo you know it's like guys and then I went behind stage and I'm like I'm just going to let, because we had to do a workshop afterwards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just behind stage waiting for my fan base now to come right. the fuck down. Because all these guys are like, they want to meet you. I'm like, of course they do. Because they just think I'm, you know, some kind of, it's like, you scripted that. That's what they always say when you improvise. When you really improvise, yeah. You know, it's like, did you plan that with this inmate you never met? No one. Oh, yeah, I knew him when he was raping. Yeah. <laughs> what that really is. <laughs> I knew him when he was a rapist. Yeah. The Good way days. I, the way I, I that I connect with that is the idea that you know, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that moment, the room, that kid and the whole room were having a very human reaction of there's a woman <laughs> who's angry and running that way. A, a human immediate human reaction, immediate human connection. The reason why I love theater, the reason why I love improv, because it's the immediacy of that goddamn fucking moment where everyone in that room is just like, they're like, they're in, everyone is in the now, everyone's in that moment, right the fuck now. Uh, that was also the, that's why I love the idea of improvisation to drama therapy, which is the idea is because it's so in the moment and it's so in the now. What exactly is? Drama therapy. Drama therapy is taking, for at least from a geese company standpoint, it was taking a guy who has done criminal activity of any kind, emotional especially, and taking them to an emotional state where they can connect to their emotions, you know, reconnecting empathy with violence, you know, getting them to that state. Um, The older I got and the more I started working with geese and even the older that John got, you start to realize, especially when it comes to violent criminal, violent criminals, violent like rape, um, there's no help there. That's probably something they need to take a pill for or possibly remove that piece of the brain out um, because no, sorry, not theater, not therapy is going to help that. But for people who are doing nonviolent crimes like drug abuse and all the rest, it connects them back to themselves um, and makes them think in a different way. That's why you see, you know, it's the idea of, I think it was Stallone who had all sorts of friggin' 
child development problems. I might be wrong. I don't want to diss Stallone. <laughs> you just did. I did. Hey, Stallone. hey, Stallone. Nice, nice. Uh, and Rocky's eight or seven is coming out. I know. I heard. We just got finished watching uh, Eye of the Tiger, the three. That's three. Yeah. yeah, we just finished watching three before we got here. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he was having some issues and concerns too. But the thing was, it was theater that brought him back into a different place. That brought him back to empathy. A lot of actors. You know, find that way to get there. You know, that's just wonderful thing about. I think I I see it in, in improv more so because so much of it is you on, on stage, just because it, it's you. Uh-huh. Um, it's it, you with possibly a layer of something else if you're doing character work. Uh, because it, I don't know. It all depends on what school you're coming from. If you're coming from the Meisner theory, then it's all you. If you're coming from the uh, from the uh, actor studio idea of it. You know, it's like, and I have to wear the underwear to really, to really be Al Capone. It's funny, I'm, I'm not sure which school I am. Cause I don't think I'm, cause when I'm improvising, my main thing is I'm just, it's not me. It's never me. It should never be you. <clears throat> I mean, it's just like, from the moment I start, usually like if I'm going to do a set when I walk on stage, it's already not me. It's mm-hmm. like, that's me on stage. Uh, this I, is I a- tend to be a, a little older, a little grumpier. Uh, <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll do this, but that boys. Just, I mean, I mean, that's before I even start improvising. I'm right. just like, but I, I already want to be slightly away from me, right? That's because only, that gives you the freedom. Yeah, it gives you the it gives you the freedom to go and play in a universe that's not yours. You can. That's where your mind can actually go whoosh and just and just play anywhere. And I absolutely and honestly agree with that. That's the whole idea of truth too, because if you're playing other people's, you you can play. People always say you want to play your truth. I guess, whatever, what have you. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I think there's, the, there's an acting lesson that gets, I think some people, it doesn't, like, the, you, you wear your character like a thin veil, exactly. basically. Uh, and to me, it's like, I, I get that if I'm playing more realistically, right? I can see maybe the idea of, like, I find myself in the character this, and that empathy. Yeah. But for me, when I'm doing, a lot of the time, like, if I'm playing a valley girl, I'm not looking for what part of me is a valley girl. That's going to be impossible to find because you're not a valley girl. Right. That's I'm the same thing when I play a white guy. I will never be a white guy. You're a white guy. You're you can guy. blow me and every. <laughs> I hate you and everything you stand for, Milestro. <laughs> no, I, I tend to think like when I'm playing characters, a lot of characters when I'm playing them, I, I wear them more like a, a, a wetsuit if I was wearing something yeah. I was gonna have to wear I, something you know? I attach it like a, you know like it's you know you know those uh, Mr. <laughs> Potato Heads you know it's like and that's that character on oh, yeah. my nose and this is the one on my arm and what can I do different with my tongue that's gonna be interesting it, and you know it's it, but you're not thinking about that it just happens well, and, it's like the, the ones you're comfortable with like if, if, if you ask me to play something I'm uncomfortable with I'm gonna think more a little bit about, about the presentation yeah. but once you're comfortable with what you're doing right. then you don't think about that and then you really that character starts to speak even though it's, it's that it's one that's one of those weird uh, performance things that sound almost like something I definitely think that I am not, which is one of those, it just happens. <laughs> nothing just happens. See, not, well, everything happens, but every, it's the idea of react, respond, because I don't, it, it, that's something I used to joke around when I started teaching classes, when I finally got the balls to do that. Um, I used to say, I used to joke with my students right off the top, which I know pissed off some. You know, I'm like, I'm going to teach you about improv. React respond, three hundred dollars. 
<laughs> it's just like, it oh, and now we're going to be doing this for six weeks. <laughs> it's $300. It's actually, it, it came to me late in my study was the idea of what I'm doing in teaching is I'm training someone else's reaction. Exactly. So I think what happens with a lot of good players, and I've said this before, uh, is that we spend enough time up here that our reaction is trained so that we recognize situations. We, we recognize dynamics. Right. Because, and to me, it's like, my, part of what I do as a teacher is I point out, here are all the dynamics, here are all the things, so that you can train and then your reaction. There's also, I have a question for you. And now right. that we're, we're people of a certain age, the Gen Xers that are, have been forgotten between the millennials and the boomers, um, I got a question for you. How do you, how do you feel about older, us being older and the knowledge that we've brought with us to the stage when we're improvising with other younger actors? One, I think is, I love the fact that we're older just because the way I look at it is when I was starting, mm -hmm. there were no, in my mind, like I didn't see them if there were, but there were no older, exactly. there were no good improvisers in their 40s or 50s or 60s. Right. Right, when I was that, when I was young. And now I look around and I'm like, the best improvisers are in, in, their, in their 40s, 40s and 50s, 50s and yeah. 60s, yeah. Uh, it's like because people... The Rick that, Overton's well, in it's, the world, it, it's, it's still a young... It's you know, always field. a young game. It's always a young game. You know what I'm saying? It's a young field. Mm -hmm. Meaning that like when, 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 with long-form players, like when, when I was studying, you know, I, I think modern long-form is like what, maybe 40 to 50 years old, something like that? Pretty much. That's pretty young, right? Uh, and agree. so basically... basically People haven't really had a chance to get old yet. I know. Uh, and a lot of stuff wasn't figured out for a long time. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing most of the time, did we? I, I, I have a most, of the, most of the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, back then, you, I didn't say all of the time. I mean, well, back then, like, again, the, the only lesson that was really solid back then was yes and. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty much yes and everything. You can. And, you can I, and then you grow out of that. You grow out of that because you turn around and you yes and, and next thing you know, you're yes anding things that don't mean anything. But you, you learn that it's not yes and, it's just it's, it's the it's a emphasis, starting block. The, it's the starting block for beginners to agreement. go, it's agreement. Just to find the agreement and heighten exactly. the agreement. Exactly. Actually, I have a question for you, which okay. would be uh, how do you view, I'm pretty sure I know how you would kind of answer, with, how do you view game? <laughs> right? Cause I know game to me is a. It's a loaded word. And it's a very loaded word, and it all depends on what school you're coming from and improv for the word I game. Mean, what's your approach to, say, the game the of game the scene? The game of the scene? Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a, I'm just talking as a performer. If there is a game in the scene, if it's an emotional game, if it's a scenic game, if it's a, if it's, yeah, especially if it's a scenic game, um, if it's a character game, you approach it the same way you approach the game where you can eat, you can you always it's the first it's the same idea of games with gifts you know what's a gift you know do you want you know it could be a shitty gift that you want to return right. <laughs> you know it's like fuck this is the shittiest gift i could ever get in my lifetime and now i have to go and open it and use it thanks thanks a lot it's the same with the game this is a really shitty game um I wish we weren't playing this game. Can we play another game? But the thing is, how, where is that game going within the context of the entire scene? Uh, where is that scene going? Where is that? And that's the thing. It's, you know, it's the inlet. The game is the, for me, and I, you know, we could disagree or agree. I don't know. Um, the game is the inlet of the entire scene. Do you know what I mean? 
I think I, I think I do. I, I think I, I say it. I, I think I'm about to say a very similar, if, if not the same thing, just just differently because I've, I've I've thought it differently. Uh, which is to me like I first learned game as being how well I was able to heighten the flawed behavior that was happening between me and someone else. Exactly. The flawed relationship of that and the other saying exactly. Right. That's how I learned That's it. That's how I first learned game. And I think the, the focus is too often too much on that thing that's between us. And not, I think you would agree with this that I found that that's the thing that tells me who I'm supposed to play. And in exploring the person I'm playing, that yes. is the natural heightening of that thing that's and that's the thing, and that is not to negate the game that that person has given you because I don't know if you. And again, it all depends on did that person give you that impetus to be that person? Then that's the and in my world, that's the gift. That gift that he just gave you being an asshole, right? Um, an asshole, a passive aggressive asshole. Now you, I was like, oh, I'm a passive aggressive asshole. What a rich fucking gift. How's, how's your sister? How's, how's your sister? I, I'm sorry I asked. No, really, how is she? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Passive aggressive yeah, asshole. You know. I, I, to me, it becomes so simple then. Because like, I think I, I, cause I used to be what I would think was considered a huge game player. You know, premise that thing going on between us, heightening it and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I realized that oh, all I, that's actually just telling me who to play. And when I start playing the person who would do that, mm-hmm. then one, it becomes more real and it's, it naturally heightens. It's not, and, that's, and that is a skilled improviser to know to go and take it that place. And that also helps heighten that other person's character that you're playing with. Basically, the only thing that we have on stage, and they all boil in, in the weirdest way, it is the idea of agreement. It's, I'm agreeing oh, yeah. to, if I lay it on you, you are agreeing to do that. And if you lay something on me, I agree to do it. People used to call it pimping. You remember that shit? Yeah, but there's, there is pimping. But no, there's, no, there's hardcore bad. I, I'm sorry. But then you there, have, I mean, but I, you're walking around and I get all of a sudden someone like, says. Everything's pimping. Everything's you can't a pimp. give anyone else like, like, I'm sorry you're upset. Why'd you lay that on me? Why'd you lay that upset thing on exactly. me? Exactly. And like, because that's a great gift. Right. I didn't have you walking around and all of a sudden say, I don't know how you can do that without a spine. I did not do that. I did not pick this up and go, hey. Hey, sing this song for me in Baroque. I saw Rich, <laughs> Rich Tellerico <laughs> Rich. do what to me always, I was like, here's the definition of a, of a pimp. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he started the scene by going, hey, you with the mouth full of marbles and they asked me a fart joke t shirt on. <laughs> oh, man. And I was like, all right, so I have a mouth full of marbles, so I can't talk and I've got a stupid t shirt on. I'm like, now what the fuck do I do? I'm like, that's a pimp. Yeah. Right? Saying you're upset isn't. Uh, yeah. Actually, let's get to these, these questions. Right. I'll, I'll let you handle them because I tend to make too much fun of the questions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Wait a second. Um, I will too, so we have a lot All right, of- no, Matt. <laughs> I, I tend to like throw them like I'm not going to answer that. I'm not uh, answer that. Yeah, who are you, David Letterman with these fucking things? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Um, Miles and or Sean. Uh, when coaching, what's the best way to give a note? Uh... I would by saying it by saying it yeah but, <laughs> that's that's the best way to give it up and it all depends on the person you know it's for you I don't know I, I have I saw I, again these are first for me Hans and I took pictures of you giving notes <laughs> to your class oh you mean the real ones before I post before you post he yeah. posted and did wacky pictures which will be up on Facebook soon but uh, <laughs> but no we took real pictures 
of you giving notes. And you were honest. You were, you were not touchy-feely like Martin DeMott used to be. Right. Um, you were not out of your mind like Dell used to be. Um, but he was out of his mind in the best way fucking possible because he was just a great, he was a, he was a good, great teacher. You have that nice, calm middle line, which is the same way I do it. I get a little angrier. Um, I find myself as I get older, I will get angrier. I will stop scenes and go, what the fuck are you doing? I start, I start, and then I realize, holy fuck, I sound like Dell. Right. <laughs> like, holy shit, I sound like Dell. Pull back, pull back, you're going to hurt a millennial's feelings. Pull back, pull back, pull back. Um, there, well, but there, my, notes, my, notes are, my, my notes are strong. Um, and there's also, Frances Collier used to say this, along with, she used to say this, which was very important. I love, she goes, you take your notes like, you know, you, you, you take it, you use it, or you don't, I guess. Um, if it resonates, use it. If it doesn't resonate, then think about, think about how you can go and take that note and put it back here. And then when you see yourself doing it, then apply it. Um, I don't know. Um, I would say that like the... Just say the fucking note. Well, there's... I, I think the, the key... Like there's a lot of teachers might be hard just to be hard uh, or soft just to be soft. Uh, to me, I sort of think... The Machiavelli note-taking, yeah. If I actually... Because when I'm saying something to a student, I'm saying it for them. It's not for me. It's, it should I don't never be about you. No, no, I'm saying so, like, so, so. The fact is, if I give a shit about the person I'm talking to, I'm allowed to be honest to them, honest with them. Uh, and when you don't give a shit, what happens? I don't give them a note. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> if Miles doesn't give you a note, he doesn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> if, 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 well, if I'm coaching you, and, 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 and after the show, I'm like, "Hey, that was pretty good. See you next week." That means, you, that means you need a new fucking coach. All right, I, let's get another question. I'll, tell her, I'll go up to someone and go, have you ever thought about knitting? So um, there's that. Um, let's see. Um, did or do, did like we have stopped improvising for the rest of our lives. So I'm going to do this in the now, did. All right. Do you have any pre-show ritual? It depends on the show. Generally, no. I mean, I, I, have a, I have a beer and a smoke, or a few smokes, or whatever, you know, something like that. Um, I, I actually, ever since, I get, actually, honestly, three minutes before a show, I get nervous. I really do. Uh, no one would ever expect that, because I'm who I am. But fuck yeah. Sean Landry. I'm, I'm fucking Sean Landry. You don't get nervous. Don't you know me? Don't you know me? No, I, but what I, what I do before she was a shadow box. <laughs> I shadow box. Because I'm a big boxing freak, so I shadow box. Um, before I leave the house, um, I sing If You Look Close, Give Me Mick from Gil, Gilda Radner. If you look close, you can see my tits. Because I want you to, but don't want you to know that I do. Uh, if you look close, you can't see my tits. I literally sing this in the shower. Um, and I just pump myself up because I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Gilda Ratner fan. So I pump myself up with that. And We Be Negroes thing was, we never, we never zip zap sopped. Hans, I'm just going to do it. You say it loud so we can do this. Our warm up, zip. Okay, we're ready. 
We're ready. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I, I never liked warm-ups at all. They, Neither they, they did I. They made me feel stupid. And actually, before a show, if I'm doing anything, I'm trying not to think about the show. That's the last because thing you want to do. Because I think do. people are like, we've got to warm up, we got to do this thing. Why? Are you, are you cramming for the show? Yeah, right? Are you preparing the stuff you're going to yeah. do that hasn't started yet? Yeah, every, you know, when I started doing Essence with uh, Marquia and Deanna and all those guys, you know, there, there were... There were some of the ladies who really needed to connect and warm up. So I begrudgingly did that. Right. Because you, you do what's good for you the You do what's good for because it's not about you. It's right. about all of us. So I'm just like, fine. Right. Zip. <laughs> I'll play some clappy, clappy, I'll play, clappy. I'll give you eye contact and clappy, clappy. Right. Here, here's a sound ball. Whoosh. You know, oh, look, I can do this. I can do airplane glasses. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm awesome. Um, I feel so not warm. <laughs> Another question. All right, here we go. Um, if during a show something happens... <laughs> God. If I do... No, you started reading it. I know. If during a show something happens that the audience does not underline... Not like offended, confused, in parentheses. What is your go-to tactic to get things back on track? I know, right? I, I, well, I, I don't have a, I kick a the person in the nuts. I don't even. No. But if I, the audience doesn't, like if you're doing a show and the audience, there is something to the fact, like if you do a show, like, I remember, I've done shows where you can hear the audience, what they're reacting to. Ooh. Like, like if, it's, if, it, if, you go, if you start going blue, and you can catch that line, we're like, oh, that's too far for you. Mm-hmm. Right? And the thing is, I don't think about it. You just naturally sort of adjust to, all right. Let's, yeah. Let's, all right. I'll, I'll, you I'll, figure I'll, it out. I'll, I'll go this way. Because actually, I, you know, I, I think of myself as playing with the audience. It's like, it's me, but I'm, I'm definitely, it's a live thing. They're in the room. Their reaction counts. Mm-hmm. But I don't have, like... Oh, oh, something screwed up. Oh, I better, I better, I better go into fart my and tickle, pup. fart and tickle. I better do my puppet thing. That will no. always bring the audience back. Look, I'm doing my Muppet hen thing. Look That's over my here. Tactic. Look over here. Look over here. It's over here. Oh, look, it's over here. It's, I'm doing my Muppet impersonation. Love me again. Love me again. I just, I do, a tactic? It's just At like, the same time, depending on the audience, is it's just part of Because sometimes someone in the audience gets offended and you're like, Oh, let's go that way more. I will. They don't like it. <laughs> yeah, let's really, let's really make them never like, want to come back. You thought that was bad? Oh, I'm sorry. Watch Class this. Class is Watch this. Yeah. You know, or, you know, it's like, what's your tactic? It's like, what? I sing flashlight by Parliament to go and make <laughs> people happy. I just, there is no tactic. It's just there, you. If if it goes blue fast, or it's weird, or it's offensive, it's out there. It's too, you can't go, wait, I'm taking that back. You can't stop the whole fuck, fucking show unless you're that kind of fourth wall breaking weirdo who'll just go freeze. I'm terribly sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that, but we're about to go blue. <laughs> what kind of fuck up bullshit right. is that? Um, okay, but I mean, it, it, might be, it might be funny in some alternative world in Utah. I don't know. Um, All right, what do we got? Uh, who is your earliest comedy influence? When did you know you wanted to be a performer? My, um, for me, I guess it was probably my my family. You know, my my, my 
my mom, my, my dad, my, my older brothers. Yeah. They're, you know, funny people. Big Irish Catholic family where right. it's a lot of just basically, and I was, I was the youngest boy, so basically mm. I was the target. Yeah, I bet you were. Uh, but uh, that was the first. I don't really think. Stuff that I remember, I remember the first thing that made me want to take classes as an improviser was I saw Dave Pasquese on the Second City main stage doing the show he was doing with Joel and yeah. Farley. Yeah, I remember that. And what it was was a moment where he was just playing a homeless person who was smoking a cigarette. But the way he was doing it, I was watching it going, that's exactly how they fucking do that. That is exactly <laughs> what they fucking do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was just so floored. It, it wasn't funny. I was just like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, I want to try this shit. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah, for me, um, it goes back way there because I've always wanted to be an actor for all purposes. My as a comedian, and it's different. It's, it's different sections of influences. Uh, as an actor, my first off, my family was not funny. They are still not funny. <laughs> they will never be funny. They are the unfunniest black people on the face of the planet. <laughs> my mother was humorless. Wait a minute. Oh, I thought, I thought you just were telling me her shitty name. No, she, her, her name was Beryl. Her name was Beryl. My mother, mother was humorless. Humor. Yes, her name was I'm like, no wonder she wasn't funny. Man. She humorless Jeanette Landry. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was humorless. Humorless, yes. Um, but she loved to take me to theater. Uh, the person who influenced me the most of going, I want to do what they're doing, was Cap Calloway and Bubble and Brown Sugar. That was... Possibly, the, I saw, we saw it at the Schubert Theater, I believe, in Chicago in the 70s when I was like 10 or 11. And it was an all-black cast. And it was Cab fucking Calloway. And I'm just... I'm sorry, who's that? I need to fucking kill you. <laughs> I hate you and everything that you stand for. Google it, people. Google. Um, but it was Cab that made me want to do that. Then, you know, that was when I wanted to do theater. So that was like my whole goal. I went, I took classes at Goodman as a teenager. And that's when we went to Second City, the first time I was ever on the north side of Chicago. And at that point, Kazarinsky was on stage. George Went was on stage, right. I believe. And I looked at that Juddie stage. There was, I'll never forget the fucked up audition I did when I auditioned first time for Second City, I said this story. I said, they let me in the Second City at friggin' 17 years old, and they served me booze. <laughs> <laughs> and they had just yanked away the 18 thing to 21, right. and I still was 17, but I'm drinking right. like, I'm like, woohoo, this is the <laughs> best. They serve booze to people like, yay, they had no idea. This is awesome. But it was the show. It was the improv set. They were doing Lonesome on the Range. That song, I don't know if you remember that. Um, it was, I'm so lonesome on the range. I'm so horny on the range. Then I, it was George and them doing that. And it's the funniest fucking Second City scene I had ever seen. And I could, it really sucked. It's just these lonesome, bored cowboys. And I just, <laughs> George is and Tim, and Tim is so small. Tim Kazarinski is so small. I'm just like, this is the funniest shit ever. And then they did the improv set. Right. And I turned to my entire class and went, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And then at 18, I started working in prisons. 
So, <laughs> but when I came back, it was that was what I wanted to do. I, I found Hans. So there's that. And that's the last one. Last question. What is it? Yeah, no, we don't need that. It's... Well, what is it? Don't, well, don't do that to me. Quick read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. It's on uh, my Facebook wall if anybody yeah, wants yeah, yeah, yeah. to know. Um, any questions from the audience? Because we had we were only time for a couple. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious what you each admire in each other as an improviser. I think he's a whore. <laughs> you said that once to a fucking member of We Be Negroes. I think so. I, I don't know if it was Philippe or if it was Mars Timms over at I.O. When they were over at I.O. And they were like, hey, what about We Be Negroes? Sean Landry, you jokingly said, oh, Sean Landry's a whore. Oh. It was that, awesome. That's and I probably something I would say. Yeah, yeah, it was totally something you said. And I was just like, that asshole, I love him to death. We should improvise one day. And, and here we are. 20 years later. 20 years later. We're going to get that, we're gonna um, get that I think, um, for me, I think Miles is honest. Miles is just plain fucking honest. And he's and genuine. That's the thing, just off stage. You're genuine. And this is something I was going to say earlier. We just did a show for the Hollywood Improv Festival. And it was me and Hans and you and Heather. And... You know, first off, us having a tizzy in the back was hilarious. You violently, quietly, <laughs> slow move of a chair. <laughs> I'm so angry I can be taking a hanger, gingerly putting it on the floor. <laughs> it's bits. Um, but it was listening to you in the back. Um, and that's, I listen, I lay on the floor now when I, if I, there's the room, especially at the improv festival I did in San Francisco. I lay on the floor and listen to other ensembles like radio. If you can keep me intrigued without me seeing you, you've done your fucking job. I laid on the floor of the back of the Hollywood Improv Festival and listened to you be very calm to Heather's ogre. <laughs> I was, ah, doing this voice. Ah. And you're just doing this. Like, What's going on here? <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. And I went, this is why I really respect this man. Because he's genuine. He's funny. And he's not bad to look at. So, <laughs> so there's that. Yes, because I've, I've, it's when I realized when Sean said we'd never played together, it was one of those moments where I'm like, Holy surely we've played together. Nope. Uh, because when you know someone to a certain degree, you just think, well, we, we, were, we, we were must at, have been on stage. We were at Some Oberlin point. together. We did that weird panel on right. fart jokes and baby jokes. I remember, that, I, remember the, I remember that panel basically, unfortunately for I think that might have been one of the first times we met. We went, and you they, put, was, they put you in a shitty hotel, well, and I was on campus, oh my god, and I'm like, how did you get so boned? <laughs> but I remember that that panel was like you, me, and it seemed like a lot of my students yeah. were actually on that panel, and I wasn't letting anyone get away with any, <laughs> anything. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and, then, and then it was Keith Privet who did that weird fucking scene, remember that? I don't remember. Oh, that. God. Oh, God. It's a nightmare. And it, it was like, it's really, it's basically, it was like, 
a cat fucking thing, and then Keith Privet said, "Well, this thing's really all about relationships." I wasn't finished saying what I admire about you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I talk too much? <laughs> yes, John Landry doesn't know when to shut up. Okay. And I admire that in a woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was be, I mean, bit, very similarly. You know, Sean is absolutely herself. Uh, she, you know, takes no shit. She, she gives as good as she gets. Uh, I'm, I'm, I look forward to, because I will get to know you more, because just talking to you outside tonight, there's so much I don't know about you and Hans, yeah. uh, and there's so much that I, I'd, I'd like to, to yeah. learn from, 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 that, from that, that history, because uh, contrary to my personal belief that the history of improv began when I started taking classes. It really did, because when I realized <laughs> that you came in, I'm like, well, well everything has changed now. <laughs> All right, one more. Yes, sir. Uh, I was just gonna say that having you know been around for so many years, what as improv changes and trends change, uh, what excites you like as you get more experience about improv? You certain like when you hear about a certain team coming up, does that excite you, or you know do you feel you have to prove something against these people or adapt your style, or you just show them how it's you know how you how the OG does it. <laughs> How we do it, doll? You know what I'm saying? Um, what did I just say? Um, for me, what gets me excited about improv? Actually, it, not only this scene here, but you know, Hans and I were we were just in Europe. Um, I love seeing things that are going on that other people need to see either online or bring them here or us go there. Um, it was really exciting in Belgium, in Brussels, seeing people who are just learning Harold and then doing their own spin on it. And, it, and in Europe, it's very, especially Belgium, and, and it's very theatrical. You know, or going to England, and it's, it still has that Python feel to it. It's it's just so wonderfully charming and really rude and wrong, but with a nice English accent. Um, but it but it's you know it's kind of bringing. And plus, also a lot of expats are in England too, so you got a lot of people from UCB who are over there too. So you have that kind of weird mix of right. things going on here. And keep in mind, me being older and from my background, I can go on for a little while about the term team versus ensemble. Um, I'm cool with, and coach versus director. Um, I'm cool with both. I lean towards one. Guess what it is. Team coach. Um, I'm not good with sports, so I have a hard time being called a coach. Um, I'm a theater person. I'm I'm good with director. Um, But there's, there's some great stuff going on in this indie scene. That is just genius. One of the ones that I love the most that just it just really just it cracks me up and it's kind of fun for me to watch is Juzo and Chad doing Jetso. Mm, yeah. Um because it's so surreal and it's so weird and it's so physical and it's still a fucking story 
and they still connect with each other, and they grab onto a lot of penis, and it's, it's really quite strange. And I played with these cats, and at the last minute, drunk at I.O. And they were like, you want to do a show? Our person dropped out, and I'm just like, this, this, is, this is not what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> and, um, but it was a fun show. They're, but it's exciting. There's great things going on. The stuff... You know, the, the shows that are going on here, what BOC and Dr. God is doing. Yeah. What BOC and Dr. God are doing. Um, with all the ups to the Lusty Horde. Um, you know, they're trying stuff that's new. Or trying, you know, to try to do narrative within that. Um, you can't peg one thing, I don't think. Yeah, what, what, <clears throat> what excites me, I, I suppose, is just the idea... The realization and the, because it's not so much like what I see, like, oh, when this team plays or when that team plays, it's more that I will get blindsided. Something will surprise me. Oh, I oh, will uh, learn something. Something will anger me. Something will make me want to go farther. Yeah. Because uh, if there wasn't that, I'd probably stop. And that's, you know, the great thing about us getting older compared to our generation before us who stopped doing it. Right. I think it was that kind of thing where when you get older, it's like you, you, know, you get to that point where you think you have seen everything and nothing is exciting or new anymore. Right. But it seems now, especially now, yeah, I see things where I just go, holy fucking shit. That's all you can say. It's like, or you do one of these. You do the Denzel thing. Well, it, 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 it's also just, yeah. it's fascinating as far as like, we, if you look at like the world, like politically, right? It's a fucking wreck. It's a, right? it's a nightmare on right. wheels. It's... The world is that. And then you look at like, to me, like I always thought, I always see, thought improv. I thought Ronald Reagan was bad until now. <laughs> All right. Okay. But I, I always thought improv was basically, you know, a healing thing. But there's also a fucking, a politics of improv that is, you, that oh, is there, playing there, out. It's always, I mean, there, we were, some of us out there were talking about the politics of this, of, of that um, within our own community. Right. That's, and to be honest, I always joke around and say everything old is new again, but for some reason because of, look at us, we have two fucking iPod Apple things plugged into a podcasty thing that will go out to the fucking universe soon. And I'm sitting here going, everything is so fucking immediate. Basically, when we were younger, our shit didn't get out until 15 years later. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like our dumb ass shit, our dumb politics did not get out until 15 years later. Now, the dumb ass bullshit gets out two months later, one week later, the same right. day during a drunken text. Someone, oh my God, some improviser showed another person their dick. Right. Oh, fucking great. Um, just, this and is so immediate. And now the world immediate. can see that person's dick. <laughs> release the doves. And <laughs> release the dick. We can release the dick. And it's just, it's, so it's that kind of, you know, but the politics are different. But the improv also is immediate too. It's that immediate. But so I'm, it makes it yeah, interesting. What I'm just saying is like, even the, the, the politics within the community, within the communities, mm -hmm. Right? Our politics here in Los Angeles are so violently different. 
than those that I would say are in Denver or those that are in Chicago, Utah or New Chicago, York, New York, anywhere, anywhere Seattle. Anywhere. Some crossover, some, some some are unique to places. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. But I'm saying it's it, 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 like I, I I look forward to continuing to watch that sort of merge. It's and this the merge and it's also the merge internationally too because again when we went over to Belgium I realized that Joe Bill is the king. <laughs> Of, right. you know, Jill Bernard is the queen of Europe. And I find that fucking amazing and wonderful. Actually, really fucking wonderful. When I can walk into a little tiny weird, like, kung fu place in the middle of Brussels and go, do you know Jill Bernard? And I'm just in here going, and in the heaviest <laughs> accent in the world, do you know Jill Bernard? Get the fuck out of Dodge. This, yeah. this is this is amazing to me. Um, and yes, I do know Jill. <laughs> she's awesome, and I love her. She's like she's a bestie. I guess that's what you call the millennials now. I don't know. Um, but I, she's you're pretty well known around around the world because I'm. You know what? It's <laughs> I always joke and say. I mean, I'm from Chicago. This is supposedly quote unquote the mecca of improvisation. I'm. No more. I'm like a fucking, I am truly, you know how people say improv is like jazz? Yeah. Yeah, that old thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, seriously, I'm officially a jazz musician because I'm more known every place else than at home. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I swear to fucking God. It's like we're big jazz collectors. And, you know, it's like you go over to Paris and you see more fucking jazz. <laughs> Is this a black thing? No, it's not a black thing. <laughs> it's a jazz thing. They were it sounds like you're, saying, cause you're making a classic, because all, all the great jazz players never made it in the States, but they no, went they over did. and killed in Europe. They killed in Europe. Josephine Baker. Right. Killed in fucking Europe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killed in fucking Europe. Right. Um, kind of is, but it's still the same way. Joe yeah. Bill kills in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe Bill, wants to, <laughs> Joe Bill wants to be black. Oh, I said that out loud. Oh, oh. Joe. Oh, oh Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. The thing is, I, I guess I'm known only because I put myself out there. And that was also the other thing, too. You know, I, I said this a little bit on this bloggy blog that we ended up skipping the fucking question. But the idea of, you know, the dog and pony show. Um, doing improv, this is from just a business side. And I've taught this because I've taught the business of this, the politics and the business of this. You know, us doing improv means nothing if we don't get the straights to see it. And I call the people who don't do improv the straights. You know, you don't, it's, it's, do, it's like inherit the wind. It's, you, it's improv in the wind. Right. It's improv in the fucking wind. So if people don't know your shit, then how the fuck are you going to get what you want to love so much out there? And it's the shitty side of what we do, really. But it's also part, I think it's, it's part of the progression. I agree with this. Because basically, again, moving from Mecca out to here or to anywhere else, you realize, oh, we're starting over. Starting, I started over a few times. Yeah. I'm starting over again in 2017 when I moved to Dublin. But then you'll be the fucking queen of Dublin. I wish you were fucking stop that. Stop that. There's improv out there. I, I, there's a Dublin's going to have a black queen. A, a black Irish queen. Black Irish a queen. black Irish queen. I perform. No, there's some great fucking improv. Not the eyes is out there. I love, and we, Hans and I perform 
Ireland. I love because you know we're Irish. It's like there's no ages. <laughs> there are no ages in that country. It's like we performed at the Merino Hair Theater. It's there a theater. Right. I just theater. I just love theater. I just I just love the idea that I I could God I just cannot wait to move there. And it's real seasons. I still never been there. Oh fuck! <laughs> you will a, have a place to stay well, in a, 2017, Miles. That, that's, that's you will of, have a place. That's a and life goal. You know, at some point. Every well, two years from now, you will have a place to fucking stay. All right. And a place to play, and a place to teach. I promise you that. If I'm gonna be the I queen, be there long if to I'm gonna be the queen, then I need a, a jester there for a while. <laughs> I'm the fucking jester. I gotta come over and be the jester. Okay, you'll be like the prince, second, second. He's the king. He's. I'm married to him. He has to be something. What are you, Hans? You're the German guy. You're lost. <laughs> so you want to improvise? Yes. Let's do a set. All right. <laughs>